Hi folks, it's Rabbi Sharon Brouse here. You are listening to Ikar's podcast where you can hear our sermons from Shabbat and holidays, our guest speakers, our teachers, anything we think worth listening to that we can capture, you can hear right here. Thank you so much for being with us. On a Friday morning a few weeks ago, I was sitting in the waiting room of the dentist so I could have my teeth cleaned. Another patient came out of the treatment room and looked at me and she said, Devara, is that you? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, hi, Shabbat Shalom. And she walked out of the office. I had absolutely no idea who she was. If you're watching on Zoom, I'm so sorry. This was not the first time I've had this experience. I am, after all, 61, and it probably won't be the last. But this time was different. It took place when both the other person and I were masked. I can't be sure that I would have recognized her and known her name, even if she hadn't been wearing a mask. But I've learned in the past year that I do have trouble recognizing people, even people I've known for a long time, when I see them with a mask. In most cases, an extra minute, a second glance does the trick. My brain clicks and I know who they are. But this is definitely a challenge, especially because I'm almost always seeing people after at least a year's absence. Don't worry, this is not an anti-mask sermon. <laughs> I'm grateful that masks, along with other precautions, have made it possible for us to be together again and make it less likely that we'll get COVID-19. Rather, this is a sermon that grows out of being forced to think a great deal and in a whole new way about masks. Before the pandemic, I associated masks primarily with Purim. The Book of Esther tells a story in which several of the main characters conceal their identities and their ambitions they, so to speak, mask themselves. Esther hides her Jewish identity. Haman hides his hatred of Mordechai and Mordechai's people. And then as we move through the story, all that is hidden is revealed. Esther tells us everyone that she's a Jew. Haman's plot is uncovered. So when we celebrate Purim, we sometimes choose to wear masks as part of our costumes presenting ourselves as someone markedly different from who we are. It's fun, and it allows us to employ humor to mask the fear of uncertainty hidden in plain sight in the Megillah. In the coming week, we will observe Yom Kippur, a wordplay on the name of this holiday, Yom Kippurim, suggests that Yom Kippur is, in some way, Yom Kippurim, a day like Purim. But in fact, Yom Kippur calls us to do the opposite of what we do on Purim. And no, I'm not thinking about the difference between fasting and feasting. On Purim, we disguise ourselves. We pretend we're someone other than who we really are. On Yom Kippur, we're called upon to reveal ourselves, to come before God with utter honesty even if what we have to reveal is less than ideal. This year, those of us coming to Ikar in person will spend much of Yom Kippur 
with our face hidden under a mask. And this is necessary and completely appropriate. But the business of Yom Kippur requires that we remove a different type of mask, the mask that many of us wear every day to conceal aspects of ourselves that we aren't comfortable sharing with others. The Hebrew word for mask is masecha. It derives from the Hebrew root mem samechaf, which means to screen or to protect. The words built from this root teach us that masking has both protective and problematic uses. The word masecha can refer to an oxygen mask or a respirator, devices that allow us to breathe, to survive an illness even as our own lungs fail us. But a mask can also allow someone to intimidate or harm others with impunity, knowing that they're hidden from view and can evade responsibility for their actions. The masks that we wear, the masks that have no physical substance but comprise the self that we present to the world, may serve to protect us, to allow us to breathe. We walk through the world with scars, with fears, with painful memories, and the masks that we have woven may provide some sense of security, privacy, or confidence. There are times when we don't have the energy or courage to reveal ourselves to others. How many times in the past 18 months when someone said, how are you? Did you say, I'm fine? Because you didn't want to complain, because you didn't want to burden the other person with your fears, or because you didn't have the energy to explain how you really felt. I will admit that I particularly dreaded Zoom meetings that began with check-ins, where we went around all the boxes and said, tell us how you're doing. Because I could not imagine telling the truth to my colleagues. I wanted to tell them that I was completely overworked, that I was freaked out, and that I hated that they asked me to tell them how I was doing right before they gave me five more things to do. But I didn't do any of those things. Sometimes I passed. And sometimes I put on my invisible, invincible Devorah Weisberg mask and told them that I was fine and in fact that I was thriving on crisis management. I'm not decrying our use of these internally created masks they have a purpose. We can't share everything with everyone. There are words that are better left unsaid, ungenerous thoughts that we want to suppress. And we don't want to walk through the world bleeding, weeping, bearing our soul to strangers. Even our triumphs are sometimes deeply personal, shared only with those we trust. But on Yom Kippur, we stand before God. The process of tshuva, acknowledging, confessing, atoning for our sins, requires that we take off the masks that we're hiding behind and face ourselves honestly. Our liturgy describes God as the one who probes the heart and reveals what is hidden, and as the one who has compassion and forgives. God can see what is hidden and still have compassion. When we present ourselves to God, there's no need to adopt a disguise, for God already knows us. Merle Feld's poem, Kol Nidre, found in our Machzor, 
page 204, for those of you who need extra reading for Kol Nidre, speaks of the power of taking off the masks we wear with other human beings and allowing ourselves to put down the burden of living up to the expectations that we try to meet the rest of the year. She writes, I am grateful for this, a moment of truth, grateful to stand before you in judgment. You know me as a liar, and I am flooded with relief to have my darkest self exposed at last. Every day I break my vows to be the dutiful child, selfless parent, caring friend, responsible citizen of the world. No one sees, no one knows how often I take the easy way. I let myself off the hook, give myself the benefit of the doubt every day. On this day, this one day, I stand before you naked without disguise. One might imagine that it would be terrifying to stand before God exposed as one's imperfect self. But I think Feld is right. To stand before the only being in the universe who knowing every one of my faults loves me is the most precious gift I can imagine. Especially on Yom Kippur, but in fact, every day of the year, this is at the heart of my personal relationship with God, the security of being seen in my totality, my successes and my failures the moments I'm most proud of, and the ones of which I'm most ashamed and loved despite those failures. No mask, no costume, no disguise, just me. This year, we will observe Yom Kippur from behind a physical mask or through a computer screen. Some of us will see each other, but many of us will be obscured partially or fully but none of us will be unseen. Psalm 27, read during this season, contains the psalmist's plea to God. It is of you whom my heart said, seek my face. It is your presence I seek, Adonai. Do not hide your face from me. The psalmist certainly knows that no human being can see God's face. Even Moses was unable to have that privilege. When this plea is made, the psalmist is seeking to experience God's presence, knowing that to see the other is also to be seen by the other. May each of us in the coming year find the courage to lower the masks we've created and to allow God and those whom we love to see our imperfect and infinitely human selves. Hey everybody, Randy Sklar here. I'm an eCar member. And Jason Sklar here. I'm an eCar fan. Yeah, and we uh, love eCar so much. We love the message that eCar uh, delivers in their many podcasts. And we feel like most people feel there aren't a lot of podcasts in this world. I think there are only two or three. There's only a couple. So what we'd like you to do is donate to eCar at ecar-la.org uh, so that they can do more podcasts and more cool things because Lord knows the world needs more podcasts. Yep.